Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot the Kids and Their Dog First, a show where we take our favorite Scooby-Doo properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner and I use they, them pronouns. And if you didn't guess already from that intro, we have some special guests today. Uh, there are Hanna-Barbera crime-solving duo Cassidy and Lava from Kids and Their Dog. Hello. Hi, hello. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't talk at the same time. Probably not. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I can edit around all that. I've performed such witchcraft with, <laughs> with Reaper. Uh, but yeah, just so people have names to voices, I'm Cassidy. I also use she, her pronouns. And I'm Lava, and I use they, them pronouns. Awesome. So I'm pretty sure you, I know what you guys are rebooting today, but <laughs> let's have you guys just state it to make sure. <laughs> Um, I mean, technically we're rebooting Scooby-Doo, but actually we're rebooting the entire Hanna-Barbera cartoon universe. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) So I hope you're ready. Because there's a lot. There's a lot of Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So why limit ourselves? (laughs) And they have, like, tears to the same degree that Marvel and DC characters do. Yeah. Yeah. It is a crazy one. So I guess just to start out with, I will say I probably will end up just cribbing some stuff from my personal favorite Scooby-Doo series, Mystery Incorporated. I think it's just the best one. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, It it does a pretty good job of having like episodic stuff with an overarching plot happening across the two seasons. Okay. And possibly the strangest finale you could ever imagine for a show about teens and a talking dog solving mysteries um we're probably gonna get into spoiler territory on this i imagine i mean yeah i can spoil it if you want (laughs) okay because i I just want to make sure this is the one where scooby's like half alien right uh so he's not half alien per se so there's this cosmic deity (laughs) 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 called nibiru after the nibiru apocalypse (laughs) Uh, thing you know that theory yeah (laughs) this cosmic deity has been pulling the strings for generations trying to get teens and animals to solve crimes (laughs) okay (laughs) and there are like it happens like across the globe and all of that there's a group of crime solving cow women or like female ranchers and they had a talking Maybe not a talking cow, but they had a mystery-solving cow. And <laughs> oh, was one of its spots in the form of a question mark? Probably. I'd... I hope so. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, but this all leads up to the team right before our Mystery Incorporated, the original Mystery Incorporated, um, which involved Fred's parents and... I don't remember his real name, but throughout most of the show, he's called Mr. E. And he's mostly a disembodied voice that sends the current Mystery Incorporated messages. But they had a pet parrot called uh, Mr. Pericles, I think. Anyways, Pericles. Pericles turns evil and manipulates both Mystery Incorporated to get some ancient artifacts. And then open the sarcophagus, releasing Nibiru. <laughs> and then, 
current Mystery Incorporated saved the world by stabbing a cosmic entity with like a jade spear or something. And then the timeline resets. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is a very important point in the timeline that I have written, but I have not talked about anywhere. I'm going to have to talk to you about that timeline when we get on your show later on. Yes, I I can pull it up and I'll just go over it there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Nibiru, for anybody who isn't in the conspiracy realm, um, it's this supposed disastrous encounter between Earth and a large planetary object, either a collision or a near miss, that certain groups believe would take place in the early 20th century. Uh, it involves the an object called Nibiru, or Planet X, and it was put forward in 1995 by Nancy Leader, founder of the website Zeta Talk. Leader describes herself as a contactee with the ability to receive messages from extraterrestrials from Zeta Reticuli through an implant in her brain. So, she's definitely going to be in this, then. <laughs> Um, maybe not in the first season. You mentioned Zeta Reticuli, though. Yeah, I I have a plan to keep the first season sort of low magic, and then from there, there are multiple ways we can go. <laughs> okay. But let's just start and talk about what we're doing with Mystery Incorporated as people. Okay. Um, okay. It's still Fred, Daphne, Velma, Shaggy, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. You're not going to be able to change that. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, arguably, you wouldn't be able to stop them from just being a white teens, but doesn't mean we can't imagine that. I mean, we've changed up races and heritages before when we need to or feel like it. Absolutely, and I definitely recommend doing it. It's just, if this were to ever be a thing, I don't think Turner Broadcasting would ever allow us to change that. Mm. But we're not beholden to their laws. Yeah. Exactly. This is the magical mind space where we've assumed control of all corporations um, for the good of humanity. <laughs> I don't really have any thoughts with that. Like, I could go multiple ways on a lot of things. I think maybe uh, Fred, if we change it, maybe Fred could be African-American. Outside of that, I don't have any immediate ideas. If anyone else has any suggestions, I'd be glad to hear them. Um, I would just say, don't make Velma Asian. Because that's playing into stereotypes. Yes, I was literally yeah. about yeah. to say that. The the best option, I think, if if Turner Broadcasting doesn't let us change any of the characters to that degree, is just to create a character who's not Flim Flam, but is just like the better version of Flim Flam in this timeline. Hmm. Also, if they don't let us change Mystery Incorporated, I have a lot of other things that we can change in a second. Yes. <laughs> but talking, continue to talk about Mystery Incorporated, I think we need to change it. They're going to be fresh out of high school. Just like in most incarnations. Yeah. Okay. Um, they are still mystery solving. They've always been mystery solvers. They've just decided to keep doing it now that they're not beholden to a school schedule. Um, I also think that we decided that a lot of them should have more skills in the like or more knowledge. Because if they're a mystery solving team, I think everyone has a way they can help. Yeah. Yeah. Sample. Um, Fred, I think, should become more like an engineer type thing where Velma can go closer to software and stuff like that. Okay. Um, because Fred, in a lot yeah. of incarnations, especially in Mystery Incorporated, is super into building traps and the mechanics behind it. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's just a natural progression. Yeah. Well, and I think in a lot of uh, versions, the Mr. Machine is explicitly Fred's van too. So we could even have it be a plot point that he's the one who like found and refurbished it for the gang. Mm-hmm. Um, Lava, did you want to talk about our thoughts for Daphne? Uh, it's been a week and I haven't looked at my notes. Um, <laughs> let me do a full check. No, it's too far up. Crap. Excuse me. No worries. It's a miracle when of uh, one of us takes notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just realized I'm looking in the wrong chat to even help you out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, here it goes. Here it goes. So, Daphne. We were thinking about Daphne getting into chemistry. Because there's so many different types of chemistry that it could contribute to her whole uh, fashion and makeup thing yeah oh yeah and also the the joke of uh she's very into uh the chemistry of relationships i'd love (laughs) that kind of uh joke to be in there somewhere and then for shaggy and scooby is we could double down on culinary and art because shaggy and scooby know their food and i feel like we that could be a plot point in something yeah and then if not just culinary like art history and stuff like that in general. Um, yeah. Especially mm-hmm. because a, the a big point of what my idea for this is, especially for the first season, is traveling the world. Okay. Shaggy definitely strikes me as a history major. Uh, Lindsay, how do you feel as a history major? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he'd be hanging out in the student lounge, <laughs> smoking, smoking a joint. And talking about the weirder side of history. But yeah, history major. Very typical history major. There are only two types. There are the weirdos, and then there are the very button-up types. (laughs) And which one are you, uh, depending on the time of day? I tend more towards weirdo, and that may be (laughs) just because I swear way too much to ever be able to teach properly in a class. Yeah, that's true. But this is a cussing podcast, by the way, so you can let loose if you need to. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> um, also, I'm now just picturing Shaggy getting into an academic debate. Like, Zoinks, obviously Chicago is the superior citation style. <laughs> MLA just doesn't have enough information. <laughs> we literally had a debate over the merits of Chicago versus MLS. Because <laughs> I'm an English major. <laughs> <laughs> and we were having a shouting match on the public transit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so now that we've gotten the most of the stuff, like ideas we had for Mystery Incorporated out of the way, let's talk about the story at large. So after they graduate, they get approached, maybe after just like their first mystery out of that, like the pilot episode of sorts. They are approached by a larger organization. Uh, I had a name written down, and I don't remember what it was. The Global United Embassy of uh, Super Sleuths, or something like that. Something that spells out a backronym. Okay. Like, guess. Oh, I like that. Um, and it is a organization that sort of cooperates with mystery-solving teens around the globe. <laughs> and they need like a new set of members, and they're probably just... And Mystery Incorporated's position in this will be going around and either solving mysteries that they can't get to, 
or helping out on other mysteries as well. Okay. Which leads to lots of crossovers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Character name-wise, we don't really have an idea. We just know that they are once... I want there to be a sort of, like, big figurehead person. Um, like a Zordon figure of sorts. <laughs> okay. And, of course, if there's a Zordon, there has to be an Alpha mm-hmm. who's yeah. just there as, like, a lower... Like a secretary, almost. Is is Zordon Vincent Van Gogh? <laughs> so I don't want to just say hard no. <laughs> but maybe that could get into something we can talk about later. Um, but of course, if we're going to do a bunch of crossovers, we need to come up with other mystery-solving team groups. And I figured, let's just reboot some of the old ones. Yes. Yes. Um, first one that I obviously want to put in there are the Neptunes from Jabberjaw. And they can just be in Atlantis. Atlantis can be real. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't have to be time travelers from 2077 or anything like that. They're just from Atlantis. Like, if we got Nibiru, we're getting Atlantis, so, yeah. Yep. Plus, like, they... Canonically, Atlantis would exist in the Scooby-Doo universe because of how Batman intersects. <laughs> <laughs> wait so is this just set inside the arrowverse <laughs> it could be because one of the teams that we have on our maybe list are josie and the pussycats yes yes wait now are these the standard pussycats or is this at the point where they went to space this is the standard pussycats because the space thing once again could tie into a potential season sequel <laughs> where they all go to space other ones that we had sort of nailed down is we want the ghost chasers from Goober and the Ghost Chasers. Okay. You know, this one I don't have working knowledge of. Uh, basically, they're mystery solving teams. They have a dog. Goob- if you think Scooby-Doo smokes weed, Goober is actually the one that smokes weed. <laughs> um, here's just Goober the looks at- like he's made of weed. Yeah. Um, but Goober doesn't talk, except for like occasionally we'll like, snicker at the audience when something happens. But the thing we wanted about the ghost chasers is that they are supposed to be ghost hunters. And in a modern era where ghost hunting is actually a thing people watch on television, that could be a really fun reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also on our confirmed list is Team Quest, the group from Johnny Quest, because that would help establish Gosh. that the um, overarching organization has been around for a little bit longer than you know Just Mystery Incorporated. Okay. Um, and we're also tweaking that a bit. We think that it actually should be Johnny Quest has grown up, has a daughter, and it's him, his daughter, and, uh, God, what is his name? I've completely forgotten. Haji. Mm. I wasn't sure which one you meant. The other 11-year-old from Johnny Quest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I have them have grown up a bit, and that by having them grow up, we can sort of change the casting and all of that of those characters a lot easier yeah um and that's all of our confirmed stuff i have some other things we can pitch here um the one that i'm question i also don't know where any of those groups are going to be so if anyone has any thoughts feel free um but the other group i wanted to pitch and it's complicated but i know you have previously brought up this character on your sherlock holmes episode (laughs) oh the Chan Clan from the Amazing Chan and the Chan Clan. Amazing Chan being Charlie, Charlie Chan. Chan. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So, they'd definitely be originating from Hawaii. 
Yes. Yeah. Like Charlie. I think we can cut down the number of members of the Chan family from 10 to any other smaller number. Yeah. Yeah. I would say three or four, not including Charlie Chan, because uh, he can be like their base of operations guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's retired. He's letting his daughter and her cousins and or associates do their thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. What would their animal sidekick be? <laughs> or did they already have one established? They have Choo Choo, the Chan children's pet dog that assists in solving cases and is an expert in making sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Which could also be like a bird. It can stay either a dog or like maybe a bird for purposes of making sounds. Maybe Choo Choo looks like one of those island mutts. Either one works. Um, other things that we have on our list, um, the Teen Angels from Captain Caveman and the Team Angel. Teen Angels. This one I'm, I definitely think is a good choice. It's just you have to get used to the fact that, yes, that is a caveman. Yes, he does have super strength. It, it would have a very Martin mystery vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've compared uh, the caveman to Captain America. Because he left behind everything in the past. And it's sad. Including his canonical son. Yes. Oh no. Oof. Okay, I just got an idea for that. What if the Teen Angels, like, in the first season, they're not an official mystery gang? They're just kind of like the... I don't want to say secretaries, but like their assistants at Guess HQ. And they're always trying to be a mystery-solving mm. gang, but like they can't quite get the their team dynamic together and then in the second season premiere they find Captain Caveman and defrost him oh okay and then he like the teen angels decide to become his like help him acclimate to the modern world and like are assigned to him and they're like oh wait th- this makes us a mystery solving team now <laughs> yeah that works um that also ties in I'll go ahead and say what the overarching plot and what an idea for season two might be. Um, the overarching plot is that eventually it's revealed that the Zordon figure, who I'm going to call like Enigma or something. I don't want to just use Mr. E again, even though it's so good. <laughs> is he the Riddler? Yeah. I mean, it could be. He is trying. So guess it is a setup. So that way he can have a secret hand in all of the mysteries up to this point. For real estate scam reasons. Of course. <laughs> the big evil is capitalism. As always. Naturally. As it should yes. be. Um, of course, at, at because of this, at the end of season one, Guess will be in sort of a disarray, and in season two would probably be being restarted by whatever character ends up being the alpha figure. And then also magic happens. <laughs> or like real ghosts and stuff. I think it would be good to start with not a supernatural kick on it and then maybe introduce it later like in the season two yeah i mean or you could just go to space those are two very good options <laughs> they hmm. i feel like space is a good season three mm. if you want to if you want to start introducing magic in season two we could pull just like a, a slow burn witch's ghost mm. like have the actual witch's ghost be the big bad of the first arc and then they realize that it's like all I can't it's been years since I saw Witch's Ghost. Was the actual ghost a hoax? No, the actual ghost was a real ghost. Okay. A real witch. Yeah, there was a fake out hoax. And 
Ben Ravencroft to get sucked into a book. Right. Yeah. So, okay, that's a good point. We could have the bad guy be Ben Ravencroft, and instead of it being a real estate scam, he's using it to cover up him going all over the world trying to find the journal of, what's her name, Ravencroft, the Uh, witch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm just going to read through other names I have on this list real quick. All right. Um, There's the Funky Phantom crew, which don't actually have a group name. That would be good for a season two if ghosts start being real. Okay. Um, the Clue Crew, which is what I'm calling them from Speed Buggy, I think those should probably be in the main mix. Probably be stationed in, like, Australia. Their animal sidekick's a car. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A talking car. Okay. Magic is real! <laughs> I mean, or that one could just straight up be technology. Um, there's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids. Not the band or anything like that. It's just... A guy named Butch Cassidy in a group called the Sundance Kids. Okay. I don't know how they got away with it. They're just mystery solvers. Um, and then, this is the weirdest one. I also have written down the CB Bears. They are actual bears that do drive a garbage truck. But they do solve mysteries also. Well, I guess the garbage man does know a lot about you, so... <laughs> probably be the first to realize if you were throwing out something that um something that's a little sketchy the cb bears is a weird one because not only are the main characters bears the setup is just like charlie's angels where they get a call over the radio every episode (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah because like in the 70s uh cb and ham radio were so popular Mm -hmm. it was a weird time (laughs) Uh, and that's all of the stuff we sort of have here. Um, and I guess we can punch things up if we need to from here. Yeah, I was just looking at the list of Hanna-Barbera char- characters and I realized Dexter's Laboratory is now owned by Warner Brothers. Yeah, I mean, mm. if we go str- pull, um, pull it out to all just anything owned by Warner Brothers, the gates are open to literally anything. <laughs> Yep. Oh, that's that is a beautiful and terrifying prospect. <laughs> I don't know if I want to pull in like the Cartoon Network era or like the Cartoon Network original stuff, mainly yeah. because I feel like at some point we're going to be rebooting Powerpuff Girls Dojinchi. <laughs> yeah. I think that gets away from the idea of this being like a yeah. Remember all those old Hanna Barbera cartoons that don't exist anymore at all? <laughs> now we can possibly make spinoffs of any of them. At any time. Yeah. And you can't stop Uh, us. (laughs) Just glancing at the Hanna-Barbera Wikipedia page, we could have the Jellystone crew cameo via the CB Bears. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. There's just so many options. It's great. If we go towards the Magic is Real stuff for season two, there is a show called Wildfire about a girl who like grows up riding horses or something but anyway she's actually a secret princess for an entirely different universe Uh, okay it's complicated and i think her foster dad might actually end up being her real dad but with amnesia (laughs) (laughs) okay it's unclear um the pirates of dark water also apparently a hanna-barbera show oh dang and like i think the big one i like if um, you start getting to the more supernatural stuff is what is the name of it? 
Midnight Patrol Adventures in the Dream Zone. Oh, wow. It's about kids who solve mysteries in their dreams. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that could get very trippy very quickly. Very Inception-y. Yes. One of the characters, like, so they all have dream powers, and one of, of the characters do. is basically just um, Rudy from Chalk Zone. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Too bad that's a Nickelodeon uh, property. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, there's not a whole lot else, like, to reboot for a Scooby-Doo show other than, like, just plotting out, like, oh, here are monsters we could use for episodes. Because mm-hmm. they're usually pretty light on overarching plots, and I think just having an overarching plot at all is a change of pace. Yeah. I feel like this would definitely be um Buffy style arcs where like you don't you don't have to be a supernatural and have a five season plan where everything's connected. You can just like every season is a big bad and it just kind of builds on the themes established in the previous season. Hmm. I don't think we could get much more than three season out of this, which I think is fine because most Scooby Doo shows end after one or two. Well, if season one is mysteries, and season two is magic, and season three is space, uh, and season four, we can have the gang discover that Tad Gostal, the famous late-night talk show host, is secretly the superhero Space Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, that would 100% be in season three. (laughs) And then they have to deal with uh, crisis-level superhero battles involving Space Ghost and Blue Falcon... And uh, Dynomutt. Oh, I love Dynomutt. Um, let's see. Also the Herculoids. Those would be fun to have in space. Because it's just a planet, low technology, and there's just some weird monsters on it. Okay. <laughs> um, what else? If this managed to get to like a hundredth episode, then I feel like that should be an adaptation of Scooby-Doo. Like the second live action Scooby-Doo. Mm. I mean, either that or you go full on like... Let's break the timeline by start crossing universes and have Mystery Incorporated team up with Mystery Incorporated and also Mystery Incorporated. (laughs) Perfect. I love those three different Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crossovers that exist that are the same thing. (laughs) Have it have it start with like the Jabberjaw team from the timeline where Earth was flooded crashing into the main timeline. Perfect. Or just adapt the Scooby-Doo Apocalypse comics. Oh. Oh, yeah, that brings us to a good question of what do we do with Scrappy-Doo? Villain. <laughs> or completely flip it. Scrappy-Doo is the alpha of guests, and so then he becomes the <laughs> the, the big good. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I love that idea. It cannot be obvious that it's Scrappy-Doo until a few episodes in. Yes! Yes! Because if you make it clear in the first episode, people will immediately hate it or just stop watching. People have a problem with Scrappy-Doo and there's nothing that can be done to fix it except for maybe this. What if he's in a robot? Yes. Yes. That's like... Yes. Absolutely. Yes! It's like in Men in Black with the tiny alien and the big human Yes, <laughs> It's Cause... Emil Mandavarius from Scooby-Doo 2002. Yes, exactly! <laughs> it's just Mr. Bean. <laughs> oh my god. Incredible. And then yeah, the, the scrappy reveal is in the mid-season finale. <laughs> Which, oh, I forgot to ask, is this still animated or is this live action? This has gotta stay animated. Um, okay. 
one because casting this many characters for extended roles is a lot <laughs> that's true um also if we were going to do live action i would just say get the people from that do, do the cw's flash show and have them do this and let them do whatever yeah, yeah. i believe in them <laughs> oh what if they've what if an episode of flash that just went to the scooby verse yes okay i'm into it like and do it the same i i've never watched supernatural and i haven't watched flash in years but do it in the same style that they did the supernatural episode my only problem with that is that um grant gustin i think is his name the flash the guy who plays barry allen yeah he cannot voice act <laughs> um, unfortunate yeah he does the voice of like they all do their character voices for the web series for oh god what's the character's name has the totem to get animal powers oh vixen vixen yeah the vixen web series they all did their voice acting roles for that and his delivery was a little stilted (laughs) ah well then he'll have to have been kidnapped for the duration (laughs) (laughs) or he gets a sore throat (laughs) yeah (laughs) he gets a sore throat coughs and then sounds like whoever's playing the flash and whatever batman show is available right now or just the one from brave and the bold i don't know Mm mm-hmm um also with casting i know we said that we could do a race lift on johnny quest but if like at some point zach efron was attached for a johnny quest movie okay so maybe not necessarily johnny i think zach efron would make a better johnny quest than he would a fred but that hasn't stopped them (laughs) (laughs) oh what is is he voicing fred in the new movie i yes yeah i believe so I i forgot that was happening i haven't checked if there's any news on that lately I don't know if there is. I need to quickly recheck that. Zac Efron is Fred. Amanda Seyfried is Daphne. Will Forte is Shaggy. That makes sense. And Gina Rodriguez is Daphne. See, they're already jumping the gun. They're, I mean, imagine they're uh, race lifting da- uh, Velma with Gina Rodriguez voicing. Velma has been played by a few, um, I'm not sure if people of color is the right term or not. I think it's the best term right now. Yeah. Or just like, non-white. Yeah, especially for, like, in, like, um, Scooby-Doo The Mystery Begins, the prequel to the Scooby-Doo 2002 live-action film, Haley Kiyoko. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She did very well. And then, I only saw, like, ten minutes of it, but then in, like, the Velma and Daphne movie, she's played by Melanie, nope, Sarah Jeffrey, who is not Latinx. But they claim she is on the Charmed reboot. But she's mm-hmm. also not white. I think we've covered just about everything. Um, will the robot impersonator of Scooby's vampire uncle show up? <laughs> hmm. Spooky-doo could be a thing. If, especially if we do what Mystery Incorporated did for an episode where Scooby has a fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because... Scooby has a lot of family, doesn't he? Yes. What if... So we're going to have everyone be traveling in the first season. What if Scooby just has family everywhere? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. yeah, okay. As long as we avoid or incredibly change Scooby Dumb. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of options of what if... Oh, man. Okay, so it could be a I know a guy kind of situation. And every Where? time he knows a guy, it's a do. Yes! Exactly! We can also, like, retcon other ha- Hanna-Barbera dogs into Scooby's family, like the Foofers. 
Very true. Scooby's long-lost uncle, Huckleberry Hound. (laughs) (laughs) I just found out that there was a Godzilla animated series made by Hanna-Barbera. Sure was. Yes, indeed. (laughs) I think that's the one with Godzuki in it. Oh? (laughs) Okay. Godzilla's nephew, Godzuki. Are we going to have Godzuki? God- <laughs> Godzuki join a mystery team? I mean... There were human main characters in that show, so we could make it happen. They um, would qualify for uh, the prerequisites of the team, of the organization. Yeah. <laughs> they solve monster problems. <laughs> they removed the mask and it was King Ghidorah the whole time. They have to fight Grape Ape. (laughs) Oh, no, I know what I want to do. I have an idea for something. We could do an episode like the musical episode from The Flash where they had the music meister be a trickster god. Uh Uh Uh-huh. But this time the trickster god is Megilla Gorilla. (laughs) Oh my god. That fool has no sense of the laws of physics and nothing can stop him. Uh, In the realm of trickster gods, I'd I'd also suggest the Great Gazoo. I mean, yeah, if there for some reason is a season four, let's just start time traveling. Yeah. Season four, time crash. Oh, no, that would make it so sad because what about, um... Captain Caveman and... He can go rescue his son. (laughs) (laughs) The, The teen angels have a heartwarming farewell. With Captain Caveman, and they're like, without you, we can never be mystery-solving teens. And he's like, no, girls, you, the true mystery-solving was the friends you made along the way. (laughs) And then at the end of the episode, it turns out, like, Dino stayed in the present day, and so now Dino is their sidekick. Oh my gosh. Alternatively, Grown Up Pebbles and Bam Bam, from when they did that for a whole thing, (laughs) take Dino to the future and they become a mystery-solving team. I was once watching a review of, like, a Flintstones Babies movie where they pointed out that there are black cave people in that, the prequel series, but there were no black cave people in the ones said when they're adults, and the very concerning implications of that. Yeah. Oh. Well, there's a lot of stuff that's very concerning about the Flintstones. It's even more concerning if you think about it with the Jetsons. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, on a different a note, are we gonna style. keep uh, Fred's fake dad? Hmm. Mayor Dad. Uh. <laughs> yes, I think this should be set in the Crystal Cove universe. <laughs> Just to make it easier for me when I make my timeline stuff. <laughs> Crystal Cove is a weird thing when it comes to the Scooby Doo existence because in order for it to exist coolsville has to be something different and there i did i thought crystal cove only came up in the show but when we were watching moon monster madness uh tune into kids and their dog if you want to listen to that (laughs) (laughs) the license plate on the mystery machine still says crystal cove hmm we could have Crystal Cove as, like, where the guest HQ is located, and Coolsville is, like, where they went to high school. Hmm. If Crystal Cove is Miami, and Coolsville is Jacksonville. <laughs> I mean, 
Crystal Cove is canonically on the West Coast. Oh, well, I, never mind. I hate to be the person who can um actually about Scooby-Doo lore. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> but it's like one of the Somebody only things I know anymore. It's like that in Pokemon. There's nothing wrong with doing an um actually if it's about something important. Yes. Um, I had a thought. <laughs> it flew away. <laughs> um, alright. There was an idea... For when we were talking about the Scooby Doo time travel, time travel, uh, Scooby Dooby Doo, and Doctor Who. Oh God! <laughs> that would require the CW to make some real power plays. Oh yeah. Well, l- I'm still waiting for CW to try and make Torchwood. Oh my God. Oh, the moment they do, the avenue is there. Also, the Doctor did appear in Lego Dimensions with a whole bunch of other WB properties, so there and is and Scooby Doo. Scooby-Doo was already there, yeah. I would like to see Peter Capaldi try to get along with a talking dog. (laughs) I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, just looking at the voice cast for some Scooby-Doo movies that I had to do after watching Moon Monster Madness, I was like, wow, there are some A-list stars in here. Oh, we need to find a way to make sure Mark Hamill's in this. Um, Yes. Let's see, maybe he can be... He can be Zordon. Yeah, I was going to say, he can be the new Ben Ravencroft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but then he would be replacing Tim Curry. Hold oh, on. Oh, yeah. And when Tim Curry goes full ham, it's just the best ham. Hmm. Um, maybe Mark Hamill ver- voices the Scrappy-Doo robot suit. Yes! <laughs> Not Scrappy-Doo, but the robot suit. <laughs> yes. So people will have to like him. <laughs> um... I'm briefly going through, like, quickly going through all the other Hanna-Barbera characters. Um, Quick Draw McGraw. Is he a modern cow horse? Or, like, a modern cowboy horse? Or is he a historical cowboy horse? I think the traditional Hanna-Barbera characters have to be, like, if not just, like, in canon entertainment, like, cartoon characters in the show, like, within the universe of the show, they would have to be historical figures. Okay. I don't think we could have just Yogi Bear show up. (laughs) (laughs) We could. I don't think we should. Magic is real. Going Um, off that, that means that we could have um, historical and famous gay playwright Snagglepuss. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that would be good. I feel like I was just about to say something. I don't remember what it was. I hate when that happens. What... What season is Wacky Races? Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna be talking about the Scooby Doo Laugh Olympics. Yes, <laughs> Laugh Olympics would be an entirely different spinoff. And at that point, I would want to just make it the cartoon version of Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. <laughs> <laughs> um, wacky Races that could be a. The thought about Wacky Races is that Wacky Races doesn't need to be rebooted right now because it is currently being rebooted. Oh. There is a show on um, the Boomerang streaming service. Okay. Okay. They introduced a new character and everything. Cool. Wacky Race is the next generation. (laughs) Oh, there was a pilot for a, like, mid-2000s Wacky Races reboot that I thought was pretty funny that involved the children of Peter Perfect and Penelope Pitstop. They increased the craziness of the tracks by having a snake bridge made of actual sleeping snakes. Aww. Oh. Those snakes better have been okay. 
They were. Mm-hmm. They just got woken up and the bridge became like a disaster for anyone who tried to drive across it. Oh, also, art style. I do want it to be in the style of this dream sequence type thing for Moon Monster Madness because yes. I really like Tiny yeah, Velma. Yeah, that was in- an interesting style choice. <laughs> yeah. Tiny Velma was very good. Yes. <laughs> the Roman Holidays could be the very first mystery solving teens. Oh, yes. Where, oh, wow, even glancing at the premise, even in that show, capitalism was the enemy. Yep. The premise was destroy all landlords. <laughs> what was the show again? Oh, the Roman Holidays, similar to both the Flintstones and the Jetsons, brought a look at modern day life in ancient Rome around 63 AD with a 70s touch and seen through the eyes of Augustus Gus Holiday and his family. Oh my god, the landlord's name is Mr. Evictus. <laughs> yeah, who who works for Mr. Tycoonius. Oh, I've, I love those things. I love it when that happens. I'm, Just yes. lean into it. <laughs> a lion named Brutus who sounded a little oh, bit like Snagglepuss. I love the Italian name for this series. It's SPQR. Sembrano proprio chisi romani. They really seem almost Roman. A play on the Latin initialism for the Senate and Republic of Rome. Oh. <laughs> they lived in Venus de Milo arms. <laughs> Gosh. Does this show have a laugh track? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like many Hanna-Barbera series in the 70s. I meant our Scooby-Doo reboot. Oh. oh. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, ooh. idea. It's a plot point. Something is... Something weird is happening, and everybody starts hearing this weird noise, and they're trying to figure out what it is. And I don't know <laughs> what it, it turns out to be, but I feel like it needs to be part of a mystery. Okay, I've got um, it. Here's an entire episode pitch. That is part of the Megilla Gorilla episode where Megilla Gorilla shows up and starts making everything seem like a 1970s cartoon. <laughs> and they have to figure out what to do to stop that. Oh my gosh. Perfect. What if there's a battle between Megilla Gorilla and the Great Gazoo? <laughs> oh my gosh, a trickster battle. So you're <laughs> suggesting what if this was Animorphs? <laughs> Yes! <laughs> Fred has a, a dark vision of Megilla Gorilla, like, standing on top of a tower, like, amongst a wasteland. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna just share this clip from Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated with all of you. So that way, you are just aware of why I love it so much. <laughs> I think as long as we don't get... We could get as crazy as this show and be fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. What a good guard dog. Yeah. (laughs) This is also the show where after the season break, Scooby and Shaggy hijack a tank from a military camp so they can break Shaggy out of boot camp. Oh my god. Oh, good. (laughs) Um, I think my favorite part of that is I had to check to see if I was at normal playback speed because, wow, that was the fastest uprising I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, that, oh, that was... was good. Wow. I I like this. I, if this is the tone for the, the Scooby-Doo boot, I can dig it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I am out of things to say about it. Um, 
But yeah, we are we are coming up on the hour mark almost. Uh, Lava, do you have anything else you can think no, of? No, not at all. I was like, I think we've covered just about everything that we can conceivably cover. Um, Lindsay, how about you? That. Yeah, I think just yeah, what Lava said. All right. Well, in that case, we're gonna go solve a local mystery. Uh, and while we're doing that, we'll cut over to a quick friendship promo. Hey everybody, I'm Jake. I'm Josh. I'm Shannon. And I'm Alan. And we're the Cool Kids Table, a RPG podcast about shitty teens. And magical girls. And really bad D&D heroes. And just any other stuff we can get our hands on. And our D&D heroes aren't that bad. We didn't actually plan what to say for this, so I hope you're into people flying by the seat of their pants and just incapable of playing game systems correctly. And bad puns. Wonderful puns. So you can get all this and more every other Sunday over at the Cool Kids table. And And you you can can sit sit with us. us. Well, gang, turns out it wasn't a pterodactyl's ghost haunting the cemetery at all. It was King Dora. What a shocking twist. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, our special guests, Cassidy and Lava, where can you guys be found on the internet? I'll let Lava go first, because I have to plug, like, five things. Yes. Radical. <laughs> you can find me at Twitter, uh, on Twitter, at LavaBees, L-A-V-A-B-E-E-S. That's about it. You can find me on Twitter at MadLobotanist. That's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. I have to slow it down when I'm guesting on other people's shows because I rapid fire it online now. You're very good at that, too. <laughs> and I also do, well, we both do, Kids and Their Dog, which can be found at Kids and Their Dog. It's a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast, which, spoiler alert, these two are going to be on the next episode. Yay! Um, I also am on Precure Podcast Engage with a previous guest of this show, Charlie, where we watch Pretty Cure. And I have never seen Pretty Cure, so that's my gimmick. <laughs> uh, it's currently on hiatus, but it should be back soon. Um, I'm also on Hey, Let's Talk About It, a show where me, Charlie, and Crash... Just talk about things. Our last episode was on gender. Cool. And of course, there's the Kids and Their Dog Patreon at patreon.com slash kidsandtheirdog. I'll go over what all that stuff is on my show. All right. Uh, Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? I'm at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A. That's on Twitter. You can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod, and that's pronounced Scooby-Dooby-Doo! <laughs> <laughs> and you can find this podcast on Instagram at not if I reboot you first, all one word. The hashtag is N-I-I-R-Y-F, and that's pronounced Jinkies! <laughs> And you can also email us at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com. You can send us your comments, criticisms, critiques, your favorite flavor of Scooby Snack. If you'd like to be a guest, you can contact us through there. Don't tell us what you'd like to reboot, but do give us a, but do give us a hint because we love to be surprised. 
Our theme music is the Metamorphosis Instrumental by Osiris Saline, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. And our cover art is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, who you can find more of her work at www.ptchew.com. We also have a Patreon ourselves. Not if I reboot... No. What is it? Patreon.com slash not if I reboot you first. Uh, for the low price of $1 a month, you can get a weekly shout-out like our previous guest, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie, for single-handedly keeping us afloat. Thank you, Charlie. And for $5 a month, you can get early access to episodes, you can vote in the People's Choice Poll, and you can get bonus episodes, which might manifest one day. Maybe <laughs> this week? I don't know. It's a mystery, gang. Now, Lindsay, I believe you have the hint for next week's episode, which also happens to be our next People's Choice episode. Let's get in the car, audience. We're going to go espionage. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And with that, uh, thank you to our guests for being here today. Thank you for having us. Why, gazoing Scoob, these Scooby snacks belong in the Louvre. (laughs) 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 And on that note, we'll see you all next week. Uh, But not if we reboot you first. Bye.